Hello ladies and jelly spoons. Welcome to Gaming Under the Influence. An actual Gaming Under the Influence. Well, kind of. Today, we're doing something a little bit different. And I think I say that in more episodes than I say just a normal day here at the Gaming Under the Influence office. Today, however, I'm taking advantage of being an adult who gets paid a paycheck. That's right. I went to my local liquor mountain, which is a sort of, well, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a store where you can buy various alcohols here in Japan, and it's a chain store. And I bought all the ingredients for Long Island iced tea. And that is what I'm going to be drinking during this podcast. Yes, boys and girls, it is a wet cast. Although I'm now beginning to wish I'd coined the term plonk cast, which is so much funny and interesting, but alas, I was beaten to it by another podcast called Shagged Married Annoyed. A very good podcast, mind you. British one. Uh, comedian. Very good. Um, but today, I'm not only have I got this drink especially, especially ready... And it is a complicated drink, for those who don't know. Uh, Long Island Ice... Well, I say complicated. It's not. It's an alcoholic drink. It's got basically all the clear alcohols mixed with uh, lemon. I have it with Angostura bitters, because I'll have anything with Angostura bitters. They're lovely. And um, topped up with Coca-Cola. And that's a Long Island Iced Tea. I make it slightly differently, because instead of lemon juice, I've added a little bit of cassis which is an orange liqueur, which strangely, despite being an orange liqueur, is bright blue. So I've got a sort of weird, darky, bluey kind of shade of my uh, Long Island iced tea, and it is superbly delicious. Let's have a little try right now. Mm. Ah, lovely. Now, this was free poured, so I think for sure the tequila has taken a bit of a bit of a front row seat here. And I've seen so many different recipes that, like, they play with having just a single shot tequila and a double shot of everything else. I think that's probably why. But I don't mind. I actually rather enjoy the taste of high-quality tequila, which this is. Like I said, big boy now. Big boy job. Um, so what am I doing? Am I just going to sit and get drunk on the podcast? Kind of. Today's episode, I want to talk to you about two very different games, both independently made, both could not be more different from each other and uh, why you should check them out. Uh, But also, we're going to play a little game. Uh, In just a moment, I'm going to read you a very early review of Dark Souls. So early that they kind of didn't manage to jump on the bandwagon. Now, I've often talked about this bandwagoning of Dark Souls and how the minute uh, it sort of got mainstream conscious that it's a very good game and that its design is actually good design, then all of a sudden everyone was praising it as if they knew that all along, when a lot of companies really did not. And I had some, I wanted also to find IGN's original review of Demon's Souls, still difficult to say to this day, Demon's Souls. Um, however, they'd updated the review and the Wayback Machine, which is what I'm using to get this older review of Dark Souls, not from IGN, but from a different company. I'm having to use the Wayback Machine because people keep deleting reviews that do not 
subscribe to Hindsight that do not reflect well on the future endeavors of that company's reputation. It's a slimy world, games journalism, and it is slimy. To get myself in the mood, I watched a notable games journalist, Dean, I shan't mention a surname, um, play 26 minutes of the Cuphead demo and was completely unable to complete it. Getting stuck on the tutorial, not, not the first level, the tutorial on how to move and jump for an agonizing 10 minutes. He genuinely looks like my mum trying to play this game. And I wish there was face cam, because all I can imagine is that someone was strangling him at the time, Metal Gear Solid style, from behind, and he was just somehow managing to play on, regardless. In that very specific situation, then yeah, okay, excusable behavior from someone who claims to have 18 years of industry experience as a games journalist. Like, alright. If he'd maybe just played racing games this whole time, or football games, and then this was his first ever platformer, but at the same time, like, I don't know. Anyway, anyway, that's the oldest of old news. That video is ancient now. That was when Cuphead first came out on, like, the Xbox and, and PC. Still not on the PlayStation, annoyingly. Exclusivity deals are bad for consumers. Remember that when the new console war is blazing. Uh, exclusive games are just bad for us in general. Less people playing a game is not a good thing for the games industry as a whole. That has been your PSA. Right, as you can see, I've already had a few sips of this. I'm feeling, I'm raring to go. So let's dig into this motherfucker. In fact, should we get some, should we get some Dark Soulsy music on for this bit? Go on, let, let's have a bit of Dark Souls. Hold on, barkeep, get every, just chuck everyone out. Yeah, turn, turn that down. Turn that down. Turn it down. Ah, that's more like it. So, why am I doing this? Is the first question you might ask. Well, I would like to remind people, especially around the time of new consoles and new IPs and games and all that sort of exciting new stuff, to temper thy enthusiasm a little. And remember that games journalists have no fanny fucking clue what they're doing. Not all, obviously, and it'd be unfair to say, but you gotta understand that to review a game is supremely arrogant and also nigh on impossible to do so properly. You can discuss a game, you can analyze a game to an extent, but basically all you can comment on is the game's basic reaction to your own expectations. What you go in with is what you come out with with games, and my opinion. So, with that in mind, let's have a look at this game review from 2011, October. Oh wow, it's almost its ninth anniversary, isn't this nice? Helpfully, the two men who wrote this one, two, three, four... Five paragraph review. The two men put a, a, a nice little box next to the picture that says Dark Souls. It's what if review. And the box starts with this. 
If you want a title that tries to create elements of a third-person action-adventure RPG but fails miserably in doing so, buy it. Wow. So it's at this point that I would like to mention the drinking game. Whenever this review puts its own foot in its mouth or strays from the zeitgeist in a way that I don't agree with, I'm going to take a drink. Every time it is surprisingly prescient and does manage to get things knocked on the head perfectly, I'm going to take two drinks. So here's to drink number one. Play along at home, of course. The second if in that little if review box. If I do not buy titles which completely disregard gameplay design and detail, <laughs> want anything remotely decent enough to be played than artificial mechanics and non-existent rewards through suffering thematic elements with no cohesiveness, rent it. You can see why this website took this review down and hid it in the fucking, um, in the Wayback Machine. Mm -mm -mm. Yum, yum, yum. It's fun to note that they also, at the sidebar, note Sunset Overdrive 8.5. <laughs> oh, I love this. Right, let's keep going. Right, we're into the meat of the actual review now. That was just like a TLDR. So that's a little sneak preview of sort of where these men's mind were at the time of playing Dark Souls 1. Now, do give them some credit. Like I said, pre-Zeitgeist, a lot of people bounced off this game. And I'm sure a lot of journalists did too. Now, most journalists had played Demon's Souls. So like I said about this idea of expectations going in, they had expected all the stuff he's going to whinge about. And therefore, it kind of tempered them to kind of enjoy the more esoteric aspects of Dark Souls. Once people figured out and put online how humanity worked, that's when people started enjoying Dark Souls 1. And started combing it for its secrets and stories and all this other stuff. Once that got figured out, when elements of the game that aren't explained got figured out, that's when people started to enjoy Dark Souls 1, for real. So, right. The main review. Drinks on hand. Alright, get yourself one. We're playing the drinking game now. Step into the world of death and monsters. Third person action role playing game, brackets, RPG. Demon's Souls, debuted by publisher Atlas and developer From Software with sound game mechanics, but unfortunately lacked any real substance. Drink. There was a missing concept of a true online system. Drink. Supplanting orbs for people. Orbs. And finally, a death experience that the heightened difficulty of gameplay to an extreme high. Fuck off, it wasn't that hard. While difficulty is surely a subjective experience, well, he's not wrong there. The implementation is hardly anything but objective. Which previously gave the Demon Souls creators the inconceivable notion that extreme difficulty 
is something more than a boorish attempt at making a game. Discernible in a market where most games... What? What? That sentence made no fucking sense. The notion that Extreme Difficulty is something more than a boorish attempt at making a game discernible in a market where most games, as in where are you, where? Wow. Jeez, okay. I don't know if I should drink for spelling errors. Fuck it. Boy howdy, we're almost a third out. I might have to, I might have to go on a discernible pause to refill my drink in a minute. Alright, let's see. Where were we? Ha! Where were we? Are you listening? Um, Uzmanitsham? Where were we? Where most games? Okay. The sad fact is, lack of balance aside, balance. Dark Souls, lack of balance aside in Dark Souls, difficulty has clearly been made a tool that serves as a spectrometer for a terribly aggravating game experience, not based on actual complexity of difficulty, but rather in the Neanderthal notion that difficulty just makes a game better. Oh my god, let's unpack that. Difficulty, the lack of balance aside, I think if I have to write an episode of Gaming Under the Influence. I mean, write it. Like, have a full script. 10,000 word thesis. My hill to die on is that balance in games is nowhere fucking near as important as people seem to think it is. Game balance is not important. Game feel is important. And I've been through this a lot. Alright, we'll come to that as a topic another day, because if I keep stopping like this, we're going to be very drunk as well. Um, lack of balance assigned dogs. Difficulty is clearly made as a tool that serves as a spectrometer for a ter- For ah-ah! Terribly aggravate. Another spelling mistake there. Ah-ah! Terribly aggravated game experience not based on actual complexity or difficulty. Complexity of difficulty. I'm going to think this might not be a native speaker, so I'm going to give him a break with the, um the sort of drinking about his spelling mistakes. I don't know, the names are not really a sort of western style name, but I don't know, maybe they are. It was looked over by a guy called, what was his name? Yeah, Osman Shavman. Oh my god, the description of this reviewer. I'm all about one thing, truth. I don't care if you're a publisher. I don't care if you limit me to access slash reviewing your game brackets Sony and I don't give a damn about anything you do to stop me from being honest I can purchase any and all games and review them without bias unlike other critics slash party attenders what a man just a man after truth Oh, pussy gushes all round. Alright, let's keep my bussy in check while I try and read this without popping a boner that pokes my fucking eye into the back of my skull. Right. 
So, lunacy aside and bad spelling and double A's and all that shit, where did we even get to? We're not even like in, at the, near the end of the first fucking paragraph. This is incredible. Alright. The boorish attempt. Ah, yeah, boorish. Boorish. The sad fact is, balance aside, blah, 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 complex difficulty, Neanderthal notion just makes the game better. Okay, so he's moaning that it thinks that making it hard makes the game better. And he's like, no, not true. It's not real. Not real difficulty. <laughs> Here we go. Monsters are endless in their boring dungeon raid assaults. Hmm? Certain gameplay design elements with huge bosses are flawed in the design aspect to kill them properly without backtracking for better equipment. Huh? And moreover, Dark Souls lacks any strong rewarding experience other than the satisfaction of finally completed an aggravating 15 plus hours of gameplay. What? I don't... I don't think he beat the Taurus Demon. I might have to look for more clues in, like, the rest of the game, but that tells me he didn't beat the Taurus Demon. Backtracking for better equipment? You don't need any equipment if, you, if you're good enough. In fact, the, the base equipment you get given, unless you started as depraved, is good enough. Oh, yeah, let's have a drink. What, how many drinks were in that one fucking sentence? Monsters are endless in their boring dungeon raid assaults. That makes no fucking sense. This is nothing like a dungeon raid. They're not endless. You kill them, they're gone. Until you rest at a bonfire or die yourself. So drink. Factually incorrect. Certain gameplay design elements with huge bosses are flawed in the design aspect to kill them properly without backtracking for better equipment. So what he's saying is the big bosses can't be killed without backtracking with better equipment. Again, completely false. You can beat the Taurus Demon, who is a huge boss, uh, with, with the base equipment. And it gives you the Taurus Demon's weakness in a chest just before the boss. So if you just tried that, you would have known. Anyway, drink. Moreover... Dark Souls lacks any strong rewarding experience other than the satisfaction of finally completed an aggravating 15 hours of gameplay. I mean, what what do you want the game to do other than satisfaction? Other than the satisfaction of completing gameplay, there is no tangible reward, you know. The, the, the PS3 isn't going to fucking wire out a thousand yen in, in fucking notes on your feet. Ah... Uh, uh, I'll drink for that. I disagree with it. Some people might not, but I do. We're halfway through, and we're only on the first fucking paragraph. I'm definitely going to have to pause this podcast and make myself another drink. This is insane. I thought this one glass would have done me. It might do me. This is... I reiterate. This has got rum, gin, vodka, and tequila in it. Now, I mix quite a strong drink, because I'm quite a strong drinker. Remember, know your limits. And don't go past them unless you've got lots of friends with you and you just know what you're doing. This is this is almost 50-50 cola to fucking alcohol, boys. Boys and girls. Well, yeah, we're, we're getting in it. Okay, let's see. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, experience satisfaction. Finally complete. Okay. Dark Souls does have solid elements in terms of visual aesthetics of enemies. He fucking... He's got it. Traditional em- inventory and... Button mashing? Button mashing is not a visual aesthetic. Hold on. 
It does have solid elements. Okay, so he's talking that the solid elements are visual aesthetics, enemies, traditional inventory, and button mashing. It doesn't have button mashing. But even these hardly enough to keep it from appearing more than a button mashing disaster of massive proportions. So you said button mashing twice, despite the fact the game doesn't have button mashing. You can't button mash. Every input plays the animation. Like, if you keep mashing the buttons, you're going to be locked locking yourself into animation which is dangerous in Dark Souls. Oh my god. This is why I didn't beat the tourist demon. Ugh. Right boys and girls, we're 50% through the uh, first glass of um, Long Island Iced Tea and we've just done the first of five paragraphs of this dog shot. I mean, journalistic integrity. He was, what was he, what was he saying? He, he do, he's all about the truth. Yeah, Sony brackets. Okay, here we go. Paragraph 2. The open world structure has been implemented since Demon's Souls. Not true. Demon's Souls was an open world at all. Drink. Beginning the storyline of humanity and essentially... The denaturing change of dark versus light, or the concept of humanity gained versus humanity lost are thematic elements. He got it right! That is one of the themes. I'm not sure what he means by denaturing change of dark versus light, but whatever. I double drink for that. They are themes in the game. Well done, buddy boy. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. As an undead character, you're thrown into a decrepit asylum for the insanely undead. True. Where the world branches out in swamps, caves of tessellated gorgeousness. Ooh, he likes the tessellated gorgeousness caves. Ah. And even dungeons with pitfalls and bosses underneath them. A sense fortress. Okay, maybe he did get a little further, eh? The main point of the game itself focuses around humanity that players gain as they progress in the world where the lost souls purvey. Now, that's a hard thing to argue. The main point of the game focuses around humanity. Um, it's a consumable item, and I guess people talk about going hollow a lot. I'd say the game really revolves around its setting and the history of that setting, but... Okay, let's see. The storyline element design itself is fairly weak. Oh, providing no real exposition to details. Oh, okay. Now, is this false? Right? What he's saying... Well, first saying the design is fairly weak is false. I'll take a drink for that. Cheers. But... Providing no real exposition to details is completely true. But we know, objectively, this man who only wants to seek truth ah, can honestly and hand on his heart saying he's saying the truth here because it doesn't have exposition. You get um, an intro at the start and you get Kingseeker framped a whole long way through the game. Halfway. More than half, maybe. No, about, about almost dead half, King Seeker Framp comes in for some exposition. And even then, if you've not been paying attention, what he tells you just sounds batshit. And what you've done already just seems batshit. So, 
let's see. I'm going to leave that one. I'm going to leave that one. Okay, players will have to search around for clues and deviate the world around them through characters. I don't think you mean the word deviate, my love. My lover. Players will have to search around for clues and deviate the world around them through characters. But the lack of storyline pacing is a severe problem. Hmm. 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 It is hard with hindsight to really, like, rip him apart for this. Because now we know Dark Souls' story. But chances are we did it by alongside playing and watching videos of people talking about the story and where the story elements can be found. It's probably very unlikely you did the entire Onion Knight quest by accident. Or you managed to save Solaire till the very final boss by accident without knowing how to do it beforehand. Obviously somebody did. But at the same time, can I critique him on saying the storyline pacing is a severe... Okay, it's not a severe problem for a start. You can play this game and it's an enjoyable like experience. But in, in conveying the story across, it's non-conventional. And I think Dark Souls owes a lot to the internet for the success it has. Its storytelling is uniquely obtuse and obscure. And maybe that in itself encourages people to, to seek it out and to learn more. But I think for the most part, yeah, I can, I don't agree, but I don't disagree. So I'm not having a drink for that one. Players are left wondering why. Yes, I can, yeah, I can get behind that. But most importantly, finishing, did I spend so much on this? I don't know what you mean by that. Regardless, for whatever reason, you're given the task of ridding the world of this undead infestation to restore humanity. Um, are you? Is that... Hmm? I think you might have missed... But he did say that he'd missed the plot, so... Fair enough. Okay. Did I spend so much on this? Like, like I said, I... When I first got Dark Souls, I was slaughtered by an NPC I hit. A few times I tried to kill an NPC. And, but because I killed him right next to the bonfire, he kept killing me and killing me and killing me. <laughs> and then I had to abandon the character after that. And then I played the next character where I kept going to New Londo. Because I didn't see the path to, um, what's his face? To, to, uh, Chuffinek, what's it called? Undeadsburg. Where was it? I think it's Undeadsburg, actually. Something like that. You know the one. The, the starting area, basically. I didn't see the pathway up the cliff. The little steps up the cliff. Uh, my friend did a similar thing. He went down into the catacombs. And was just completely stuck with invincible skeletons. So the game puts two sets of invincible en enemies at these two different points you could theoretically go to. Never mind, you could go to Blighttown by mistake. If you didn't know the way to go. If you don't get lucky and find Undeadburg or you just know to go that way. Yeah, you could waste a lot of time. Get frustrated with the game. Uh, go onto your blog. Write a really angry review. And then nine years later, take it down. <laughs> right, folksies. We're on to the next paragraph. And it's a big one. Here we go. Dark Souls, sadly, can be perceived as a game... With too much to offer. 
in its simplistically designed extreme difficulty. But the fact is, in terms of any realistic elements, both RPG and even action-adventure, there is a translucent disregard for detail in gameplay design coherence and the deadly, caustic combat button mashing system which creates a flawed combat experience against bosses and enemies alike. <gasps> Holy shitteroni, that was a fucking sentence and a half. Three li four lines long. That puts me to shame. Anyone who's read my prose, you know that that's about my average sentence length. <laughs> I just got a lot to say, alright? I also like to uh, write how I speak my sentences, which is in just constant long run-on babble. Alright, let's work out what we're fucking drinking for in that one sentence. Dark Souls, sadly, can be perceived as a game with too much to offer. In its simplistic designed extreme difficulty. So it's got a simple design, but extreme. A simple extreme. Extremely simple diffi de design difficulty. But the fact is, in terms of any realistic elements. Realistic. As in, like, like real life. Both RPG, of role-playing games, and even action-adventure. It's not an action-adventure. There is a translucent disregard for details in gameplay design coherence and the deadly caustic combat button mashing system which creates a flawed combat experience against bosses and enemies alike. Right, unpacking this. So, basically what he's saying is they disregard de detail in their game, de game design because it's simplistically designed for extreme difficulty and they lose any realistic RPG or action adventure stuff because it's a, a combat button mashing system which creates a flawed combat experience against bosses and enemies alike. So basically, with hindsight again, we can unpack this as he was button mashing in Dark Souls. He was button mash like anyone who's played Dark Souls is wincing at the idea of Button mashing in Dark Souls or Demon Souls or any of the Souls games. He was button, he was just mashing. And he thought this is what the game was designed to do. It was a simplistic button masher. He ignored the like parry. He must have missed the parry room. He must have missed the drop down attack. He must have missed blocking. <laughs> he must have played through this and been so frustrated. I kind of pity him that he thinks that this is a button masher and an action adventure. Well, I don't know. I think that's going to have to be two drinks at least because that sentence also, read this yourself. I'll send a link in the uh, description. Read this review yourself and just... Right. Next drink then. Right, if we get another sentence like that, I'm going to have to get my new drink. Crikey old blime. Alright, next one. What you essentially are left with is a very basic game in its nature. Something which hardly feels like it is deserving of the price tag label to it. Well, that's obviously wrong. Basic? I don't know, man. I don't know, you're having to manage stamina management, estus management. Stats are relatively complicated, given that you've got vigor and poison resistance, not vigor, vitality, poison resistance, 
Um, decks, builds, uh, weapons scale with different abilities. I wouldn't say simplistic at all. It's not. You could write essays on Dark Souls, and people have many, many. Just go on YouTube, man. It's a minefield. A very basic game, okay. Gameplay design is a central issue with Dark Souls. Gameplay design is a central issue with Dark Souls. Oh, you've got to love, like, like I said, the pleasure of hindsight. It's like, mm, it's like, so, oh, is it? Oh, is it really? Oh. Well, we're going to, actually, I'll tell you what we'll do after this. When we finish this, we'll go and see what else he's reviewed since then. I want to see if he's done some, like, recent reviews that are, like, really, like, fucking shit upon. All right, let's see. Um, Gameplay design is a central issue with Dark Souls. Exactly like Demon's Souls, Dark Souls creates a terrible balance of difficulty with actual reward. And this makes the rest of the gameplay suffer. It just doesn't. You're rewarded by overcoming the difficulty. You're not going to get a big massive sword or a huge boost in stats. It's not about that. It's not... Baby, it's not that kind of game. It's a different kind of game. And this... Right. Let's let's start on this as a bit of a topic right now. This is one of the reasons I'm doing this. Is people play new and interesting and difficult and bizarre games. And they pan them like this. And they stay panned. Dark Souls is a gleaming exception that just happened to get picked up by the right people with big voices and a love for Demon Souls. Demon Souls probably didn't have the right to, to survive like it did. All things considered by game reviewers and stuff. But a right, a right group of people who are willing to engage with the game itself, with what the game's putting out, not their expectations. Look at him, he uses all these tropes, action adventure, button mashing, open world. He uses all these little buzzwords of the industry to try and like, to try and box in a game that was essentially going and doing its own thing at the time and then got praised heavily later on for doing that. How many games are floating in Steam right now? I'm not saying that are the next Dark Souls, but are, are pushing envelopes in different directions, in different gameplay ideals and ideas. That if only people would engage with its core idea of a gameplay instead of their expectations. That's my point for this whole venture. And to be fair, the rate this is going, I might not have time to talk about these indie games. So, let's see. Where did we get up to? This might be the last sip. If he says something controversial, next sentence, we have to get a new drink. Gameplay central issue, like Demon Souls, terrible balance, is a word again, balance. Difficulty of actual reward, again, actual reward. What actual reward do you want? Do you want it to come and fucking PlayStation gets up and be like, Oh, you work so hard, baby, let me suck your dick. I don't know why PlayStation's German, but I'm into it. Alright. While the reward of staying alive, quotation marks, as a developer claims, the developer? You met the developer, did you? With the reward of staying alive, as the developer claims, is more than enough to keep you going. There you go. You said it yourself. In reality, it transposes the real problem. Ooh, and colon. Dark Souls is a game with hardly any elements worthy of a play session. 
gods. Fucking hell, man. I know, like, I'm sucking Dark Souls dick, which normally I don't. If you listen to some previous episodes, I actually, I can bring Dark Souls into critique, especially I've hated the reaction of Dark Souls. Because I know there are so many little journos and other people in the games industry who think exactly like this and thought exactly like this and never finished Dark Souls, never fucking played it through because they thought just like this. This was their mentality and yet, because Dark Souls is popular now, because it's held up and lauded and celebrated and loved, now they can't get their dick out of it. And that was in an old episode. But this is just criminally sad. Dark Souls is a game with hardly any elements worthy of a play session. None whatsoever, eh? Challenge, variety of weapons, setting, location. Well, mainly challenge, honestly. It's the story, the intrigue. Just seeing what the next boss is. I never mind. Right. This is yeah. This is the last drink. I'm gonna have to get a new one. I have to pause it right here. One, two, three. Ah, poison! Poison! Ah! Don't worry, ladies and jelly spoons. I never go far from my bonfire. Alright, where were we? Oh yes, the What If Gaming infamous early Dark Souls review. So, where did we get up to? Exactly like Demon Souls, terrible, terrible, terrible. Staying alive, unba unbalanced gameplay design elements. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Worthy of a playset. Despite being unpolished. Now, there's some argument for that. Dark Souls creates this unbalanced gameplay design element and places it at the top of its offering from the beginning. And the downhill quality of the game carries into the battles themselves. Don't know, I went Jerry Seinfeld there, but what the, what the fuck are you chatting about, son? So he's saying it's hard and that that's not balanced. Like, it, it is the game balanced against what? Like, you wouldn't go into a, a shoot 'em up, a shmup, if you will, and go, Oh, this is really hard. I keep getting blown up. Why is there so many bullets on the screen? This is bullshit. Ah, why am I, Why isn't it open world? <laughs> Etc. Oh my god. Alright, alright, alright. So, let's let's break down. Uh, how do you know where they are? Unpolished. Okay, unpolished, uh, not really. It's decently polished. There are, like, because it has been picked apart in recent years, uh, and many people have played it and tried everything and done stuff, there are so many exploits and bugs and things. There are areas before there were little patches which were just kind of ridiculous, but I, I don't know if he's actually talking about these general unpolished areas. Uh, Dark Souls create unbalanced gameplay design element and place at the top of its offerings from the beginning. Downhill quality of the game carries into the battles themselves. Downhill quality of the game. I don't think it goes downhill. I think generally some of the later parts of the game, like Anor Londo, which is, well, it would be late for this guy. It's gorgeous, man. It's gorgeous. And uh, optional areas as well that you can go to are gorgeous. Anyway, battles. Alright, well, that's a drink then, I guess. Got my brand new drink. Let's see if I got the balancing a bit better this time. Mm. Much better. I leaned a bit heavier into rum this time rather than tequila. Oh, yes. 
Oh, ooh, gives me shivers. That's fantastic. Right, okay. The other notable issue with Dark Souls is the horrible control movements. They feel very loose and in and the last thing players need is for the character to be all over the place when minute movements can be key to survival which the game fails to grasp. <sighs> the other notable issue with horrible control movements, well they're purposeful control movements. They feel very loose. They are the opposite of loose. They're incredibly tight. You press a button, it does the animation. The last thing to play in these is character to be all over the place when minute movements can be the key to the survival. That's you, which the game fails to grasp. You fail to grasp. You think it's a button mashing action adventure. You have failed to grasp that. It's so precise in its movements. You swing a sword, the sword swings. It swings the same way and the same speed every time you press that button. Anyway, one more drink there then. For those who are gluttons for a game that even fails to execute punishment properly. So he believes there is a proper way to execute punishment. Just putting out there. This is an ideal game. But sadly, for realistically minded people, <laughs> this is a gameplay factor that hardly outweighs any sense of reward. Having an amateur combat system where magic itself is limited and means to attack are just clearly obfuscated beyond delirium. What are you even talking about? You're just hitting your face on the keyboard, friend. As someone who does that as a hobby, let me tell you. Let me tell you, one of those days you're going to have QWERTY written on your fucking five head. You s Anyway, come on, Daniel. My long-earned iced tea's kicking in now. The my, my dander is raised. The other noble issue... Okay, horrible controls. No, 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 no. For those who are gluttons for a game that even fails to execute punishment properly. So the weird thing is he does have this idea that a game can punish you properly. Right? But he does not, evidently do, has not changed his, his tack for going at this game. It's an ideal game, but sadly for realistically minded people, the most redundant centers ever. Realistically minded, you're playing a video game. There is no such thing as a realistic video game. We got past that after like the PlayStation 1 system. No matter how beautiful a game looks, there is no such thing as a realistic video game. Even Red Dead Redemption 2 is not a realistic video game. Anyway, realistically minded people. This is a gameplay factor that hardly outweighs any sense of reward. So it's a game of the fact that doesn't outweigh any sense of reward having an amateur combat system where magic itself is limited. So he's mad that you can't do unlimited magic, which is frankly just like the the mewlings of a spoiled child. Magic itself is well, yeah, it is in every game. There are things called mana. Or this one literally just tells you how many uses you'll have. And means to attack are clearly obfuscate beyond delirium. What do you mean? There are buttons for it. You can attack in several different ways. 
and they're not obfuscated at all. Like, I'll I'll call this game out for its obfuscated bullshit. It has plenty, but that is not one of them. To supplement the terrible balance of difficulty and the atrocious combat system in a battle to make nothing remotely rewarding. There is again begging, oh, game, please reward me. Everything's so hard. I just want to pat on the back. Christ, man. Please, have some dignity. To supplement the terrible balance of difficulty in the atrocious... A balance again. Get thesaurus. Balance of difficulty in the atrocious combat system in, in the battle. To make nothing remotely rewarding, the camera is a constant issue. Uh, is not the only way it runs... Hold on. It's just written so beautifully. In not only the way it runs through dungeons, but also boss battles. I'll tell you what, the camera... Oh, we're almost onto something. The camera has blind spots. Yes. Yes. Look. Look. Gather round. Tis real criticism on display. Aye, the camera does have its issues. That first part of the sentence made no fucking sense, but the camera does. Atrocious combat system. Balance of difficult. Balance. What is it? The madness is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And then complaining that it's not working. And then complaining that it's the game's fault. Stop trying to play a game like you're trying to play a different game. Don't start a first person shoot and immediately try and play it like you would a Call of Duty, for example. I'll make an example of this because I've been playing Post Void today. I was practicing streaming with um, my camera and trying to get it to work in like real time rather than the huge delay it has at the moment. And I'm going to talk about post void in a bit, but like, if you if you play post void like you play a normal first person shooter, you'd be completely fucked. You have to play it like it expects to be played, and this is a problem this fella's having. But yeah, camera, fair enough. The camera also needs to be readjusted on a frequent basis, which is particularly frustrating when fighting some of the larger bosses, and most of the screen is obscured by something. I'll tell you what, yeah. I'll give you that. I'll have a double drink. There you are. I think that can be frustrating. I don't think we're talking about the same bosses. I think you're talking about the Taurus Demon. I'm talking about the Iron Golem. But yeah, yeah, I agree. Good for you. Nice. Ten points to fucking Hufflepuff. No, you're not Hufflepuff. You're Slytherin. Because they're bad, aren't they? Just like trans people. Isn't that right, JK Rowling? Aren't trans people just bad? Oh, Jesus. You got me one drink in, I'm already fucking pissed off about JK Rowling being a turf. Anyway, before I <laughs> shit away my life. Um, what was I talking about? The camera also needs to be readjusted, freaking basic, blah, blah, blah. The combat itself. Feels all over the place. A lot like my criticism of this review. And this lack of respect for a notable design system 
seems to lead to an obvious conclusion, given that Dark Souls provides no coherence in many elements, from the Neanderthal notion of game difficulty, to the equally complementing and terrible system that comes from as a result, we're in our second colon now, just so you know, Dark Souls accomplishes nothing and fails to do anything worth remembering either offline or even indirectly online. Oh. I see. That was a fucking slew of stuff, man. Right, let's, let, let's break it apart. We have to. You can't take that all at once. It's too big. <laughs> Freezing. The combat itself feels all over the place. It doesn't. It's not all over the place. It's very much, it has, if anything, modern criticism of Dark Souls would say it's kind of a little bit too standard and stale if you play it the way the game intended. Shield and sword, sword and board. Where you block, block, hit, get a backstab, maybe get a parry, maybe. That's not all over the place, that's very focused. And it's lack of respect for a notable design system. Now here's interesting, lack of respect so what he's saying, it's not like other design systems. See, how interesting it is to, to read a negative review of something? It basically tells you where the reviewer went wrong with the game in so many ways. Seems to lead to an obvious conclusion. Only to you, my darling. Given that Dark Souls provides no coherence in many elements. So it's saying the elements of the game just ha do not gel from the Neanderthal notion of game difficulty. I think you mean the Neanderthal game difficulty, which you called Neanderthal earlier. Again, thesaurus, my man. To the equally complementing, complementing, and terrible system. Complementing doesn't just mean like pairing. If it's complementing, that means it's a good thing. Complementing and terrible system that comes from it as a result. So he says, the game's hard, and because it's hard, the game plays hard, and and because of all of that, it Dark Souls doesn't do anything and fails to do anything, whether you're offline or online, doesn't matter. Christ on a crucifix, man. Now, again, I hasten to add, this is whatifgaming.com. They're not, they're hardly like, you know super expert game reviewers and blah 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 but he is a self very self-professed so i don't have too much shame in like shitting on him and they did take this review down which tells you a lot doesn't it all right well here's a big drink for that i don't know how many fucking drinks are in that noticeable okay one uh two three four oh long island iced tea why can't you just be my blood? Right. Oh, boys, we're on the final stretch. The last two paragraphs. Here we go. Penultimate paragraph. Dark Souls tries to make things easier through the orb-like system of demons' souls, where players are able to leave tips, directions, hints, tidbits, and what have you in all... <laughs> the punctuation. There's one, two, three, four... And then comma and what have you, no comma. In orbs and writing across the walls with online connectivity. Okay, that's true. He stated a fact about the game. Hey. 
10 out of 10. 10 out... That is a fact. They do leave tips, directions, hints, tidbits, and what have you in orbs. Well, not in orbs, in writing. Well, he got close. Across the walls. Well, across the floor. Okay, so it wasn't entirely true. Anyway, anyway. Who, who cares about precise? It's about getting the truth. All right? Yeah? All right. <laughs> to call this element an achievement of community has to be enough to be a certified mental patient worthy of Arkham Asylum. <laughs> oh, how droll. So to call this an to call the the communication, the tip system, to be an achievement of community has to be enough to be certified mental patient. That is nuts. And like I said, he didn't play this game like fresh, fresh off the shelf. He, it'd been a while, so there were other players getting involved. Dark Souls community was the reason the game became huge because they knew other people were playing it. They knew there was a market to play it. And because other people had left hints, they knew they could go online and go, hold on, was there a secret door here? Or was this bullshit? Oh, look, this guy made me jump off a cliff, blah, blah, blah. That is just completely insane, man. All right, I'm going to drink. Mm. There's madness to me. There's being, like, there's ripping Dark Souls, and then there's this. It's just so far from the mark. Right. Alright, from the Arkham Asylum reference, which is, I don't know why, but like, I find it, I find that kind of reference really cringe. I just, ad Asylum is fine, Arkham Asylum is like, what, so he's a, a comedy cartoon villain? A Batman villain? While, while Batman's villains are more interested in Batman, they're still stupid. Alright, rather than providing useful documentations through the game world themselves... Okay, interesting. Let's see where we're going. We're, all, we're holding on a comma here. From Software decides to have players account for their lack of concern in providing players with any direction whatsoever. <laughs> Galaxy Brain Mode engaged! <sighs> this is fascinating. It's so interesting to go back and see this. And I still posit, I still posit, there were many more reviews like this that have since been taken down. Many more. Like I said, all the IGN ones, all the, uh, all the big Kotaku, all Rock Paper Shotgun, all of these reviews have been updated, right? To have mentions and criticisms taken out. And it's the same with Demon's Souls, which was loved by few. I got into... The reason I bought Dark Souls, a little personal history again. The reason I bought Dark Souls is because I used to follow a little website called GameTrailers.com. Which is pretty much exactly what it says on the tin. And they did game reviews and they varied and blah blah blah. But they did a particular guy review Demon's Souls. And he was baffled by it. He was confused by it. And he was really into it. He was like, it doesn't make sense. I don't know why I like it. It's so punishing. It's so hard. The online is so weird. And it's like nothing I've ever played before. And because of that, it is possibly one of the most interesting games that will ever be on a PlayStation 3. And that just really had me hyped. So when I didn't have a PS3, I had a 360. So when it finally came out on 
360 Dark Souls. I bought it up straight away and got very, very confused for a while and then got really into it. Thanks to a review, ironically, of someone who took a chance. But I know, because I saw other reviews that didn't. They weren't quite like this. This guy is very special. But they were, you know, they some of the, his points, they regurgitated. They went in wanting it to be a devil may cry. And they got Dark Souls. Take that into account. Right, where were we? So, I, I'm sure I owe a drink or something here. Yeah, oh yeah. The idea that, um, this is the thing. He, he's so, like, unable to take the game for what it is. That he's critiquing the game for being obtuse and having a community-driven hint system. He's saying that, like, they just couldn't be bothered, so they just relied on the community to fill in the gaps. Rather than they kept it mysterious and knew that everyone was going to be trial and erroring it, and then they could guide each other and generate a strong community through doing so. Which is exactly what happened. Fascinating. Absolute fascinating. Right, drinking for that then. People don't really talk enough about the community aspect of Dark Souls. It definitely needs talking about because that is it is purely because of that community that the um, the whole game exists. All right, let's have a look. This was clearly a conscious choice, <gasps> really, but one that is just not <laughs> realistic. And more of a lack of attention to details which leaves the beautiful visual world feeling cold and dead. Brackets. Not in undead. Ha- oh, Fucking quote mark. That totally makes sense way. <laughs> what do you mean? Clearly a conscious but one that's not realistic. And more of a lack of attention to details. What details do you mean? Do you mean that you just didn't know what you were doing? Surely it's more realistic by your own description. I'm talking realistic to not have the game guide you in every way, but to have other people guide you. Surely. Some of you out there may be guided by God. Whatever. Believe what you want. More power to you. But most of us rely on what other people say and do and work it out for ourselves. Arguably then, more realistic to be dropped into a, a, a cold and dead world as he describes. And that is kind of the, the atmosphere they were going for. Fucking I'm drinking. We're at the end paragraph now and I'm halfway through my second drink. And if two drinks, Daniel. Oh, two drinks, two drinks, Danny boy. What are you chatting about? Two drinks of four different, ex forty percent spirits, mixed together. I can feel my kidneys groan to life as they begin to process the future stream. That'll be my nine o'clock stream of sexy brutal. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to hit you right before we get to the last paragraph. Tonight, if you're listening to this Saturday, which you should be, I'm going to release it right now, why not? If you're listening to this the minute that I publish at 9pm Japanese Standard Times or midday UK time, 
I'll be streaming the second half of The Sexy Brutal. A wonderful time travel murder mystery game that I've had a lot of fun playing last stream. But I want more people to come and hang out with. Come chat with me in the chat. Come and help me out with some of the puzzles because it is getting more and more difficult now. I need your help. It's a good game. It's kind of chill. The music is incredible. Come join me. Alright, plug finished. Here we go, boys and girls. It's the last, the final conclusion. Let's drink to this sad, no, sorry, truthful, realistic, non-Neanderthal, unbalanced hating, genius reviewer, Usman Ifsham. Dark Souls is undoubtedly a sadistic representation of a game title that is more intentional in its ethos of difficulty in making it the game it is where suffering plays a thematic element throughout gameplay. That was a loaded fucking sentence. Jesus, just... Dox was undoubtedly a sadistic representation of a game title that is more intentional in its ethos and difficulty in making a game where it is though it's suffering... It is where suffering... Oh, fucking... It just makes no sense. But I'll take it a drink, because it's probably wrong. This very suffering is something from software tries to implement into its difficulty. Yes, it does. Well done. Presenting an almost artistic view of chaotic destruction of its own gameplay. Oh! Oh! A broken clock is right twice a day, it would seem. The unholy madness of it all. Right, let's see. Let's just move on. Let's just move on. This very suffering is something From Software tries to implement into its difficulty. Presenting an almost artistic view of chaotic destruction of its own gameplay. The fact is that despite this notion of suffering and difficulty, the rest of the elements have their own problems. For this sense of suffering to be perfect and anything other than a creative mess. Creative in the sense that there is suffering and is theme utilized in a non-existent <laughs> storyline of monsters upon monsters, but a mess in the total failure of its game design to properly be cohesive or noteworthy of anything other than the back of a cabinet collecting dust. Collaborated by Stuart Blair and Usman Isham. That was the last paragraph. And I am thankful for this review. I genuinely am. You know. Like. It's reinvigorated. What I like about Dark Souls. Or what I I enjoyed. After years now. Literal years now. Of people boot licking. Ass licking. Worshipping it's, it's fucking every pixel. After tearing it apart. To find out all its secrets. It's nice to go back. And just see someone who. Sorely missed the point so much. That I could see the point again. For the first time. It reminds me very much of. When someone comes to visit me in Japan. Which FYI you should all come and visit me in Japan. When someone comes to visit me in Japan. All the daily 
bullshit I have to put up with, with banks and immigration and visas and and just culture difficulties and language barriers and all the daily stresses fade away because I get to see Japan through a new person's eyes again as I take them round and see their reactions and I get to remember like ah yeah I recall that I remember that that's very nice that's good but I know what you're thinking Daniel you just read a whole paragraph and you've not drank ladies and germs it's the end of the review Usman Nisham has finished so I'm going to finish as well so I'd like to give a toast to everyone out there who's doing their best alright I don't like game reviewers but if that's your experience of the game write it as that and write it as your opinion it might look terrible on you later down the line but if you write it as your opinion, like I tried, I was button mashing, I couldn't get my head around it, I found this bit obtuse, that bit obtuse, the camera didn't work well. Fair enough, mate. Say that. Say that you had a problem with it. Don't say it was bad. There was no game design problems that you outlined apart from the camera. There was a community of people there that was intentional. There's a bunch of stuff just throughout. And that is why it aged bad. If it's just purely negative review based on your opinion because you didn't understand the game, which very evidently you didn't, and it's almost incriminating that you removed this review, so yeah, it kind of shows that you didn't. But yeah, that's what you should do if you're gonna do this shit. Or better yet, try and do it. Try and do what we here in the gaming under the influence office. I'll tell you what. Barkeep, barkeep, get everyone back in, yeah? Bring him in, come on. Now, yeah, cut the Dark Souls stuff. Yeah, bring him in, bring him in. Here, my personal ethos has always been to talk about the game. What makes it special, what makes it unique, the things that stand out about the game, and the things that might make you want to play the game. There is a weird, and always has been, an unnecessary focus on what will make you not want to play the game, because games were once almost exclusively advertised for children through their reviews. This is my gaming hot take, so I hope you've got your drink. Oh, first, of course, I own a down to the legendary game reviewer, Usman Ishtam. Ooh, he's a... Uh He's done some other reviews though. Halo 5's Guardians. He's still... Is he still going? 2015... Ah, uh, maybe not. 2015. Metal Gear Solid 5. Oh, bless his heart. The story so far. Launch trailer. Review incoming. And then there's no review. Oh, no, there is a review. Oh my god, let... I just want to see the first scent. I Excuse me, I know I raised the toast, and I knew I was about to go into a hot take. I have to see the first sentence or so of his Metal Gear Solid 5 Phantom Pain. Ushering a new era for the franchise with cutting-edge technology powered by Fox Engine MGS5, the Phantom Pain will provide players with a first-rate gaming experience as they offer tactical freedom, 
carry out open world missions. Wait, is this the whole review? No. What? His review is like less than two paragraphs. Part of the mysterious twin game projects that form part of the makers of what? Oh, this is insane. And then it just gives like three bullet points and it's rating. <gasps> How weird. Maybe you got banned from doing reviews. Anyway, so. Chin chin. Cheers. Here's to the girl that lives on the hill. She won't, but her sister will. Here's to her sister. Ah! Woo! 9pm, Japanese Standard Time, Sexy Brutal, live stream, twitch.tv forward slash the VIP. No, the Backroom VIP Lounge. The Backroom VIP Lounge. Come join me, live stream, it's going to be very fun. It's going to be good stuff. Well, it's going to be extremely fun because I'm going to be drunk as fuck. Um, hot take. Hot take, here we go. Today's hot take is that um, the game's review industry originally centered around magazines to sell not only to men, but to young men. The average age of a gamer has always clocked around the 30 mark, especially during the sort of um, late SNES, early PS1, N64 eras, if we're going to measure things by console dates. And this is largely... This is a stat that's kind of disputable, but the reason the average age is that is, one, they probably don't record kids in these statistician uh, information gathering parties. And two, they probably have a lot of much older gamers who came in with some of the very, very early PC stuff and include them as well to bring the time, the time frame down. But you've got to think, back in the heyday of magazines, sort of before internet journalism came around, you had people who had an actual sales quota, not a click quota. These days, a clickbait website that if it manages to go viral, even for the wrong reasons, can generate enough ad revenue to keep you going. Back in the day, you had to sell magazines. And one of the main target audiences are kids, teenagers. I'm talking below the age of 18 and above the age of 10, shall we say. Let's have that bracket, 10 to 19. These are the people who are buying these magazines. Usually young men, or at least that's who it's targeted at for the most part. Trust me, read some of the uh, uh, the user letters if you don't believe me on that one. Um, And so my theory is that reviews in their infancy, the thing that we get reviews based off of, there's like a, a sort of two-fold track. There's movie reviews because it is the closest this, this sort of medium that we have to the game review. And then you have as well this notion of trying to review to someone as a consumer that does not have unlimited disposable income for games. Right? If a game is like 30 hours, an adult can buy a game, one game, every week. 
And if gaming is their sole hobby, they can probably spend uh, two weeks beating each game, leaving them in, um, not the opposite of it, a profit of games. Not a deficit, a profit of games. In which they've got more games than they can possibly play. Which happens to us all at some point because games are so cheap right now. More on that later. So an adult, it, like, an adult to be a consumer is almost pointless. Unless they're buying every single new AAA game, in which case it's going to break the bank eventually. 50 quid every single time a new game comes out is not to be sniffed at. That's ridiculous. An adult, you know, souping up a gaming PC every time there's new tech out. That's ridiculous. But I'm talking about buying the games they're particularly interested in when they come out or when they're on sale. A kid does not have that satisfaction. Instead, what they're relying on is the games that they can hype a kid up about. That they will get their parents' money to buy it in droves. And so they have to be careful, like... A kid can't just buy a game and it, it be alright. Because, oh my god, that's so much money gone. What, to an adult? Is that such a gamble? If you read about... Oh yeah, there's this pretty cool... Uh, weird third-person shooter called... Uh, uh, something Giants Kabuto for the PlayStation 2. Yeah, it's very odd. The graphics are kind of shitty, but... It plays great. And then you go, oh, fuck it. If I see it, I'll pick it up. Yeah. And you go to the market and, hey, presto, it's there. It's a tenner. Jobs are good. You picked it up. Abe's Odyssey. It's a weird game. Weird platforming. Should you pick it up? If you engage with the game itself and what it's trying to get you to do and its ideas and themes and and you don't try and treat it as Prince of Persia or, or Mario... Then you're probably going to have a great time. Now, Abe's a bit of a false one because obviously reviewed well. But reviewing criteria has that other branch I mentioned in which it comes from movies. And the criteria for reviewing movies has always been very odd to me. There are people who just loathe mainstream movies. And that's a completely valid thing to do because mainstream movies are atrocious artistically. But they also serve a purpose outside of an artistic criticism. They serve an entertainment purpose. And then there are people who hate art house movies because they're obtuse and annoying and generally unpleasant in themes and execution. Intentionally so. And they're kind of valid in their criticism too. But one of those two definitely has more clout. Overall, intellectually. And the thing with games reviewers were that they were desperately trying to genre off and box things in and label and staple the second most free and ludicrously interactive artistic medium known to humanity. I say second most. Interactive, definitely the first. But second for freedom because animation is there. But animation's in games, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. This isn't a fully baked hot take. 
I'm too I'm too very strong on how nice to use into this. Um But the notion is they are trying to quantify it. And I remember this when I read the uh uh Xbox magazine, which I was a big fan of for a while. The Xbox unofficial magazine. Thank you very much. <laughs> None of that official nonsense. <laughs> Though I do watch a YouTube channel on occasion, I'll admit. They um I remember they gave Game of the Year. Oh, I, I ought to find this. I wish I could find magazine reviews online. Oh, it stresses me out that I can't. They gave Game of the Year to Deus Ex Shadow Wars. Is it called Shadow Wars? Deus, Deus Ex 2. What was it called, man? Let's have a look. Invisible War. They gave Game of the Year, they gave it like 10 out of 10, blah, blah, blah. Look back at it now, it had zero pop culture impact. Zero cultural impact, zero video game impact, outside of having ragdoll physics. Nobody talks about Invisible War, right? Everyone talks about Dark Souls. <laughs> they gave Game of the Year of it, and I remember they labeled it first person shooter action adventure RPG is there a more pointless list of acronyms than that just call it Deus Ex Invisible War we're gonna end up like music music has an embarrassing amount of subgenres and people who are willing to attach their personality to said subgenre I met a man recently who um was a Scar fan. And at first you might be like, oh boy, here it goes, we're gonna rip into that boy. No, I love Scar. Scar is like a huge part of my childhood and growing up and a huge part of the music I love. It's naturally upbeat, it represents racial equality within the UK. It's a huge movement. Scar and Motown and Northern Soul. Beautiful. However, he wore Scar. Like physically. He wore it. He dressed it. He acted outrageously. And while I appreciate that artistically, there's a part of me that does not want to see that in Japan because it's so cringe. Ah! I'm sorry if you're listening. I don't know if you are. Probably not. I don't have you on Facebook. Boys, we're really at the back end of this now. And I've not even talked about the two games I wanted to tell you about. Shall I tell you about them before the, the one hour, 30 minute mark? I, I t I'll tell you about one of them, and we'll save the other for another day. Today, as I said previously, assuming you've been listening to this all, which you really should have, you naughty boys and girls, I've been playing Post Void, a ludicrously cheap first-person pixel art shooter. Look at me. Look at me being a reviewer. First-person pixel art shooter. Shorthand, man. It's a nightmare we can't be rid of yet. Till we can uh, transmit thoughts. It is from the first person perspective and it uses a retro style parallax scrolling first person shooter style. And it's, um, the concept of the game is in your left hand is a head, right? And the head really wants the world to be peaceful and loving again and silent and nice, right? And your right hand is a gun. And your gun wants to kill people 
because the head keeps leaking out all its crack cocaine and it wants to refill that crack cocaine with the crack cocaine that these guys have because they've got massive crack heads literal heads that are cracks and you shoot them and they bleh. it is one of the fastest most intense first person shooters if you like your games to be have this like retro style if you like your games to be ludicrously speedy and and almost like kind of dizzying the very first area i will say kind of gave me a not a headache but it was nearing it if that if the rest of the game was this like bamboo forest style they had on at the first bit i don't think i could have played the whole game but it does change up themes and colors and enemy types as it goes on but the game is played in one sitting there's 11 levels but if you die you have to go right back to the very very start but it's got that hotline miami feel of it's so quick to get you right back into the run it doesn't matter it's a sort of game that I would generally just like when I'm lost lost for play I would play that game now here's an interesting little tidbit I've been looking into quite recently the potential of me maybe having a little bit of undiagnosed ADHD me and Christina have talked about it a bit and I've seen different things about it online and Definitely when people talk about the ADHD experiences, there's a lot of things I can relate to. And one of the uh, said experiences or, or symptoms of ADHD is being pumped up to do something, especially on your day off. Having all these things you could do and then just being crippled by the ability to just not choose one of those things. Being the Sylvia Plath under the fig tree. Watching each one of them as the hours tick by drop to the ground. And just being racked with guilt that you didn't do one of them. You didn't focus enough to do it. Why am I mentioning this? Well, it's because a game like this is kind of ideal for me. If I sit and I want to play a game of League, which is arguably one of my favorite games of all time, given how much I've played it and like invested into it, um, that, that's like 40 minutes out of my day. I love League, but... Sometimes that very notion stops me sitting down to play it and I just start twiddling my fingers instead. Same with games like Darkest Dungeon. I know it's going to be intense. I know it's going to be difficult. And it's going to be a slow grind where I'm chopped down. And that puts me off and I'm, I just get a bit shaky about that. Dwarf Fortress. I adore the game, but it's so in-depth. It's such, such a, an effort to play, even though it's so rewarding, but, you know... So having something like the post void on my desktop where I can click it, do a run through, get as far as I can, doesn't matter. Bam, jobs are good. That and Nuclear Throne have the same sort of feel. Except now I've gotten Tanic too good at Nuclear Throne that I can like consistently get quite far in the game. <laughs> Which doesn't sound like a problem, but it kind of is. <laughs> I can definitely get like too far. Have you not played it? If what I'm saying is just gibberish to you, what's Dwarf Fortress? What's kind? What's 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 Nuclear Throne? What's Post Void? Well, Post Void is basically it's randomly generated maps, enemies in the maps trying to kill you. Your time limit is the blood, this ooze pouring out of the head that you have in your left hand. So that is just pouring out constantly. Every time you get hit by an enemy, by its bullets, its missiles, or its fists, you lose more blood out of the head. 
when it's run out, it smashes, you go back to the start of the game. Right? Every enemy you kill refills the blood. So your time limit is your health bar. And you've got to move fast to find the exit before that runs out. And there's an exit in every game. Uh, in every level, rather. Now, in the first couple of levels, the exit is usually in a fairly straightforward line of corridors. To the level I got to, which I think was either three or four, it starts becoming vertical, and you have to jump up and look for look for the exit in places. Which is where one of the upgrades you get between levels, the compass, really comes in handy. But I've never built it, so I always wanted an Uzi or more HP. <laughs> which is what makes it similar to Nuclear Throne, being able to uh, upgrade your character in between um, levels. But it doesn't carry on in between runs. So what you're left with is sort of like, like I said, just something, a hit and go game definitely has its place definitely for people who maybe just can't dedicate themselves to something or find themselves in that situation where they're just physically incapable of 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 sitting down and getting something done once i start doing something it's like a hyper focus i'm at an hour and 25 now if i so pleased and if i thought that you would actually listen to it i could continue on all kinds of topics for the next two three four hours but, I have a stream coming up in four hours' time. So rather than get absolutely hammered and try and do that stream piss drunk, I'm going to leave you be. Thank you for coming. And thank you ever so much for listening to all of this. If you're a Dark Souls fan or not, it doesn't matter. I really appreciate people supporting this podcast and supporting me. It has been difficult in the past, like, getting this stuff done. For the aforementioned reasons and other stuff too. It's been a busy year for everyone. I'm sure you'll understand. But yeah. Thank you for supporting me. And hey. If you're a pal of mine in particular. You know I'm there for you too. And even if you're not. Just keep on keeping on alright. Take care. The Backroom Lounge always has a seat for you to come. And listen to me ramble at you. About games. You gorgeous cunt. I'll see you later. Mwah.